I'm scratching so hard to have success and feeling like I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if this marriage between Jessica and I will actually work. And I don't remember every, all of the details, but I had like bullet points of why it wasn't going to work, why it wasn't going to work. And by the end of the conversation, my mom <laughs> looks at me and she's like, you need to give this a chance. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Go. All right. Okay, so just everybody so everybody knows, Jessica just flipped Steve off. <laughs> That's true. Let's see if Matt can get that out faster. Yeah. Do you, do you think they understood what you just said? Yeah, Jessica just flipped Steve off. <laughs> she was talking about podcast stuff and we hadn't hit record yet. He wanted the content to be yeah, fresh. Yeah, it was it was a good conversation and we All missed it. All I was it. doing was establishing a timeline and telling Matt that there are things that are coming up about the beginning of our marriage that we've never talked about. Yeah, and now our Here's listeners will never get to hear Matt's genuine, authentic response to that little tidbit. Yes, they will because <laughs> you haven't respond. heard what stuff I haven't talked to him about. I didn't spill any beans. She just flipped somebody off. <laughs> yeah, because I kept saying, no, don't say this until we hit record. Wait me. until we hit record. Stop talking until we hit record. That's why I flipped him off. <laughs> Okay, and then she's justified it and said, I flip Matt off all the time, so. <laughs> Not all the time, just occasionally. Like once a day. Not once a day, and you know that's a lie. Okay, once every other day. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's not even that often. I forgot to get my Coke. You can run and get it. That's okay. We're good. The guys made me pull out my journals right before we started this from when Matt and I got married. Yeah. Steve asked me where my journal was. He said it's in his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which means he's blocked out most of what happened from the first three years of our marriage. That's not true. Journal of blank pages. Journal of blank pages. <laughs> okay. Let's do this. Okay. So we wanted to start with a review today. Who wants to read the review? We didn't want to, but we're going to anyway. Well. Yeah. I think it's, no, it's a good subject to talk about. It's a good conversation. Yeah. And I can read it. It's right there, babe. <clears throat> you want me to read it in my scripture voice? Oh my gosh. Remind me to show you that video, Steve. Okay. okay so. Scripture voice. I know a lot of times, well, up until now, we've only shared all of the really good reviews. That's because that's all we've gotten. We have a few like we had, three or four. We had like one that was a one star, but it was from a totally biased source. That's, yeah. yeah. And I think we they shared actually it anyway. Switched that. No, we didn't. They switched it to a two star and oh. just put dot, dot, dot. And that's okay. So that's great. Anyway, so we're going to share a review that was shared with us. And we just want to get our perspective out of what our thoughts are with it, right? Yeah. So the review said this. I would regularly give this podcast four stars. Just four, not five. Tough crowd. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. And I have listened from the beginning, but this episode veered completely off track. And the episode that, that they're talking about is the one with... 
Jimmy Rex. Jimmy Rex. Which but, Jimmy Rex, he's the one that we had on who shared his experience of leaving the church and changing his belief system and finding peace with that, et cetera. Right. So again, back to the review. But this episode veered completely off track. And to be frank, as a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, I was disappointed not to hear Matt and Jessica defend their beliefs. I've listened to this podcast as, as one of many resources to help me see the sides of the LGBT issue in today's world. And although I have not agreed with everything said, I've appreciated some of the insights I received. This episode was so lopsided and difficult to listen to. Uh, like, first of all, I, like I'm so glad that she's, or he, or whoever this is, is listening and getting a lot of insights out yeah. of this. And so that's one of the positives that I take away from this particular review. Oh, for sure. Review. Yeah. And honestly... You haven't said what the star rating was yet. Oh, star rating was one star. It's one star. <laughs> and for me, I just felt like this is the whole point, is we want to start these type of conversations of people looking at things differently. And if you agree with everything we say or every episode or not, that's totally fine. That's right. your opinion. You're entitled to that. It's okay. But honestly, I didn't feel like my beliefs were attacked in the Jimmy well, Rex episode. Yes, there are things I don't agree with, but I did not feel attacked. So well, when you say things you don't agree with, expound on that. What do you mean? I don't even remember. Like maybe think, I don't align with him perfectly because I am- Things you wouldn't choose for yourself, yes. but not something yeah. that you're going to like shut him down on or no. felt, felt a problem publishing, right? No. no. One of the questions that I remember I asked Jimmy was this. I asked him, hey, when you are studying the life of Christ, what are you studying? And he immediately responded with the Bible. And it's like, boom, that's great. Like I studied the Bible too. And so I jive with that. And one of the reasons why I asked that question is I wanted to see if he was still studying the Book of Mormon. Because I believe that the Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ. And, and I'm good with that. My testimony is strong with that. And I didn't feel like I needed to expound to the audience at the time that we were talking to, which was Jimmy, and say, oh, well, I think the Book of Mormon is this, this, and this, because this is what it yeah. means to me. I felt as though I was trying to be an accepting, good listener to this person who has chosen to go on another path. Yeah. And I just feel like sometimes that's okay just to be a good listener and not get into it. Like there's this, the word that was used was defend mm -hmm. your beliefs. By me being silent, in my mind, that's me defending my beliefs. Like, I don't yeah. have to get into it into a heated argument. You don't or, need to prove anything to anyone. Right. You don't need to justify yourself right. to anyone, right? There was another really good comment. Keep going. That somebody I, made today. I just, I mean, people need to know that this is not, we're not trying to tell anyone what to do or what to believe. Right. No. We are just sharing multiple viewpoints and showing how we can support each other and having different viewpoints. And this is also not a Mormon podcast. One third of us here is not Mormon and does not follow that belief system. Me, right? <laughs> obviously. Yeah, and, and, and so, you've made those changes in your life. Like, you know, and, and I guess that's the point. It's like we want to prove and show Steve and whoever else, like, we still love Steve. Like, it doesn't... Uh, and Steve I and I could get into 
a whole bunch of different arguments. <laughs> but why why even go there? It's not But I, I I do like the times when we have shared differing opinions and said, yes. this is how I feel about this. And then one of you has said, that's not how I feel. This is how I feel. And it was not, it was not Absolutely. an argument. It was yes. simply, I'm going to state my views on this matter. You guys are going to state your views on What the I call those and... is grown-up conversations. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So but. somebody put in regards to this, in regards to a post I made about defending beliefs and things like that, they said, Defend your beliefs with courtesy and with compassion, but defend them. So that was a quote right. from a talk from Elder Holland, actually. And then it says, could it be that our courtesy and our compassion and patience with others could be the best defense of what we truly believe? So, And that's from Elder Holden? Holland? Uh, he said the first part, defend your beliefs with courtesy and with compassion, but defend them. And the other person that wrote this comment said, could it be that our courtesy and our compassion and patience with others could be the best defense of what we truly believe, which I feel like... Like I get goosebumps when I hear that. Yeah, and because... And so thank you for like saying that. I think that's what we're saying here is that you're defending what we each believe, like you said, Steve, with courtesy and compassion and patience. Patience to listen, patience to understand. And when I read this day, I was like, exactly. I don't have to be Does he argumentative. What? I don't have to be... Yeah, where it is. What, what talk is that from, from Elder April Holland? 2014, called The Cost and Blessings of Discipleship. And I hope that one message that people are getting from our podcast is that you can believe two totally different things, you can live totally different things, and still be in each other's lives. Yeah. And have a harmonious relationship and support each other. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I wanted, one of the reasons I wanted Jimmy on is mm -hmm. because he has kept that relationship with his family. And that's important. They haven't. I mean, sometimes, yes, he mentioned that they've tried to, you know, confront him about that. But for the most part, they've been pretty respectful. And that's been my take when I've had family members that have left the church is I'm not going to sit here and try to make them feel bad for this decision or feel like I feel like they made the wrong decision because I don't believe that. I feel like they should make the decision that works best for them. And, and I should actually just tell you who said this because you should go follow him. So it's Bomb Socks. Is who they are, which is Book of Mormon socks. If you need some comfy socks, I'm putting a plug in for him because I love this guy. But his name's they were Book of Mormon socks. They're Book of Mormon <laughs> socks. They're hilarious. And they have temples and all sorts of things. But his name's Derek Crimin, is the guy that said it. And he always he does a bomb bites thing. And this was actually in his bomb bites episode today. But then he awesome. talked about it on my post. And I was like, that is pure gold. So there you go. Do you want me to bring up my cousins? Yeah, I like well, her response. Yeah, today. and I was just gonna say, like one, thank you for sharing this perspective with us. Yeah, for sure. Like in, in the totally, because here's the thing, it's totally thought provoking for mm -hmm. me because then, I mean, this last week, my study and my personal study went to really trying to define, okay, what is the definition of religion? What is the definition of, and so it pointed me through a, kind of a study session of really researching out, okay, what what is it that are my beliefs, right? Yeah. And my beliefs are, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to try and emulate what Christ has taught, right? And then I think about, okay, how would Christ, well, I like to put it more in perspective of how would President Nelson react to 
the same interview that we had with Jimmy Rex. Yeah. Right. Would it, you know, obviously President Nelson would, you know, probably bear his testimony or, you know, or whatever. And, and so, I don't know. It's just, I try to put myself in a situation of how would Christ react to this? Yeah. I hope that the person who gave us that review and anyone else will realize that, like, I love that they're gaining issues on LGBTQ plus issues. Perspective, perspective. But there's also more to this than that. Like, like if someone you're close to leaves the church. How are you going to react? There was a great insight from Jimmy Rex in there about yeah. how, what that experience was like for him. That unless you've been through that, you wouldn't know. So I don't know. I just feel like this applies to a lot of different Different issues of someone, of a potentially someone, I mean, we talked about this before, a coming out experience that isn't about being gay or otherwise, yeah. a coming out experience of someone informing you that yeah. they are in fact different than how you have always perceived them to be. And, and that potentially changing the relationship you have with them and how your response to that. I want to address something because you keep using the word issues, right? And when we talk about issues my mind goes to problem. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't use that word right? then, because that's and, not what I mean. And, and so I want, I don't know, this is just me thinking of, okay, what- I'm talking like current issues yeah, or like- What other words can we use? Affairs. I, affairs. No, I think, I'm I think just kidding. the word that I thought of was scenarios. Yeah, there right? you go. Okay. It's a scenario of that that is different than our own, right? Yeah. And so we're trying to gain perspective on those. Okay, so we had another comment that was a, a post related to this on a post related to this. And this person said, one thing I know is most people who leave a religion do it after a long time struggling with issues they've had. They've prayed about it. So don't send them your scriptures and articles. And it's usually a very sad process for them. They are losing something they used to identify with. Be compassionate and loving towards them, even if you don't understand or have the same views. There are good people in and out of the church. And I thought that was powerful as well, that, you know, I feel like that's kind of what you're saying. This is this is something they've dealt with for a long time, just like coming out as gay. It's something that they don't just one day are like, oh, I'm done. Well, and that's the thing that um, when we recorded with Lindsay Ellison, that she yeah, brought up to Steve is like you mourned, one, leaving a religion, and you also mourned the fact that you're leaving behind a life that you thought of coming out gay, right? So there's a lot of mourning that, Specifically, you went through, Steve. And, you know, I, I, I think back to those episodes that we recorded about you going into detail of that and just... The journal episodes? Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Do we want to move on or do you want me to read that one other message we got from no, the No, I think that's enough said about this. Okay. All right. So we appreciate the feedback because this is the type of conversations we want to generate. And we appreciate your honesty and keep it coming. So you are welcome to give us a review, even if it's not five stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We want to hear from you guys and we want to know what you think and how you feel. Do you guys remember, like, honestly, I thought we were going to get bombarded with negative reviews early on. Like, I thought we would have people saying, I thought we would have people that were critical of the two of you for being supportive of me. Yeah. One of my favorite things that you said when we first started this was that you don't want a meme made of you. Oh. <laughs> like a mean one. I don't one. want to become a meme. And my thought was, was, if somebody makes a meme out of you, that means you've made it. 
Even if it's a mean one, who cares? Oh, this was during the time when Fire Festival, all those Fire Festival documentaries had come out. (laughs) And there were so many memes just absolutely trashing the guy. I don't know his name, but the guy who had to do like the the Border Patrol customs thing. And and I just thought, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be made into a meme because... (laughs) I don't remember why I thought that would be the case, but <laughs> I just something about how so people funny. thought that, that, I don't know, I just thought people were going to be critical of of us. But So it's been surprising to me that we haven't had more negative reviews, honestly, that the feedback has been really quite unanimously positive for the yeah. most part. Yeah, and we've, had little, we've had little glips along the way of stuff, but for the most part, it's been very supportive. and yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. Okay, so what are we talking about today? All right, so we were going to dive into after our honeymoon. Okay. <laughs> Can I bring up one thing first? Yeah. yeah. I've thought a lot about, remember the end of the last episode? Not the end, but towards the end when we were talking about your car, Jessica? Yeah. How you did not remember me being involved in that process at all of like stressing about your car or like what, yeah. what you were going to do with it or you didn't remember having my truck or yeah. like, I was just, th- I was thinking, why? Why does she and I remember that so differently? Like, I think it kind of made it clear to me that you moved on quicker than I did. Yeah. (laughs) As far as you and I as a team. Like, Uh I still very much, I mean, we talked about this, how I still very much felt responsible for your well-being and your happiness. And like, if there were problems in your life, I wanted to work through them and solve them for you and fix them. And I wanted to make things right for you. And you very much had... You were on your own and you were independent and you were moving forward and I was no longer someone that you counted on for those things or relied yeah. upon. Or You were I a think, friend that helped me when I needed yeah. it, obviously, but... I think the thought processes of Jessica were maybe, I don't want Steve to feel like these are his burdens. Yeah. And so it was two opposites of, like, you didn't <laughs> want her to feel like, you know, you've burdened her, but she didn't want you to feel like she was a burden to you. Uh, anyways. And I think you carried that a lot more than I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I was there to support you, and I definitely was there when you needed me, but it wasn't... Which that's... I think you're right. I think, I think that's a natural on. feeling. Oh, of, yeah, for sure. Especially because, I mean, Steve felt like the one that, you know, betrayed. Well, and he... I remember when we divorced, too, Steve saying, listen, I've broken a lot of, like, changed how I, we thought our life would be. I'm not showing up the way I promised to when I didn't we got married. Of the deal. Yeah. And so your thing was, I want to be able to still support you as much as I can financially. And so that that's counted in the financially part. Like I'm sure you were taking that on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we kept a joint credit card until a year or two into mine and Matt's marriage, probably. That was weird. <laughs> Well, do we want to yeah. get into why? <laughs> yeah, you you two didn't even have a I, joint credit card for a year yeah. or two into your marriage. So maybe we'll get I into had, that. Yeah, that's a bad experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Give me time to heal and I will heal. <laughs> okay, so do we want to we'll just get... talk about this since we're here? Sure, we brought it up. Sure. So when Matt and I first got married, Matt was very supportive of me in his words. For me to stay home and be a stay-at-home mom. In my words? Yes, in your words. Oh. But the big Mm. issue in your actions that really I had a really hard time grasping onto was the fact that you would write me checks. I remember this. For stuff. And then I would feel bad. Asking for it. Asking for another check because I ran out of money. So honestly, Steve told me, 
Just for, put whatever wait, you need checks, to. Checks for what? Like groceries, groceries gas, utilities. kids clothing, anything we needed because I did it all because you were you were working two jobs at the time. It was. And so, and that's my role. I love that role, quite honestly. I, I remember it being in, like, in my head. I was like, "Ah, oh, we need, like, we need to get to the bank, and we need to just transfer stuff." But then, also in my head, is like, "When am I going to have time to do this?" I think you were scared shitless and convinced yourself you just didn't have time to do it, which is fine. Yeah. Because once I understood. I didn't know all of these issues with Anne and money and financials that you guys had. And once I understood that, I was like, oh, Which was this, probably like this episode makes, 30. <laughs> yeah. This so makes, it was within the last six months. <laughs> no, I knew before then. But it made so much more sense. And I was like, okay, he just really needs to ease into this and that's okay. Okay, so literally it was, it was really hard for me to feel like it was okay that I was staying home as a stay-at-home mom when I didn't have access to the finances because I had to ask for it. Yeah, which, I mean, looking back at that, it's like, that's wrong. Yeah, and like I said, it was, once I understood why you struggled so much with this, it totally, it didn't make it okay, but it made it so much easier to understand why. <laughs> but yeah, so you, Steve, Steve legit kept me on his credit card in case I needed money when I didn't have it. That was why he I stayed on his credit card because he knew that. And so Well, I think that was a secondary reason. The main reason was if there's an emergency with penny. Yeah, if there was penny stuff. Not yeah. even an emergency, but it's just just if there's stuff that I needed. Stuff that you would have needed me to buy for penny or would have needed to ask me to like, hey, will yeah. you pay for half of Penny's medical whatever, bills or whatever? Or yeah. Ballet or whatever. I could just put it on yeah, the card. Yeah, you just card. put it on the card and it was yeah. it was taken care of. So it served two purposes. Because here's the crazy thing. I hate writing checks. <laughs> And yet he wrote one to me. Like, I remember you wanted to do it like once a month. It was like $300. And I'm like, do you understand how much food costs for five people <laughs> when you're actually making food and not just feeding them macaroni and chicken nuggets? Jalapeno poppers, <laughs> root beer, and chocolate milk, <laughs> cereal. So Steve relates to this. That was really hard for me. And, and then I felt like I couldn't buy stuff for me. I remember you being all upset one I day felt, because you're like, I want to like sew Penny some clothes and I can't buy fabric and I don't know yeah. how to ask my mon my husband for money for fabric so I can sew my daughter some clothes and why should I have to be asking my husband for money for fabric so I can sew my daughter some clothes? I remember when this finally changed, it was because I went shopping with your sister and she had to spot me money. Mm. I was like, oh, it's fine. I don't have to get the stuff. She's like, oh, no, no. And so she paid for it and she walked into your parents' house because it was like a holiday. We'd been at your parents' house and she like laid into you. Do you remember that? Had you explained why you didn't have money, just? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. It was like the first time Amanda and I really like... I don't remember this. Really like what? Really connected because I uh, really opened up about stuff. And she had your back. Yeah. And uh, she, uh, she walked in and... <laughs> Get your wife on your stinking checking account and on your credit card. And she like, <laughs> I mean, she laid the smack down. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me miss Amanda. I, adore oh, her. I miss yeah. her too. <laughs> I think I blocked that out. I don't Probably. Remember that. And was see, I playing so, Monopoly? <laughs> you might have been. Because <laughs> if I was playing Monopoly, I was into the game. And <laughs> But 
you got the message because shortly thereafter you did and add I probably won Monopoly that, that to, <laughs> to when, the credit card. So when were you added? Mm, it was a good, I think, almost year into our marriage. Really? That far? Was it yeah. that far? Yeah. Because this was like at least Thanksgiving, if not Christmas, when this happened. And I'm pretty sure it was more around Christmas time. And then it took a month or two. Okay, so it's not a year. So it's like seven or eight months. <laughs> How, whatever makes you feel better, babe. That makes me feel a lot better. It just took a while. And I mean, I understand there's a lot that goes into that. And for some couples, but, they never get joint checking accounts, and that's fine. But for us, it was a Well, yeah, of, if they both have an, an income. Issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I also, yeah. It was Keeping just a finances hard... is fine if you both have finances. <laughs> and the other thing was I had I'd been trading this girl for massages. I would sew stuff for her and then whatever the cost was, she would I'd go get massages from her. And I remember you made a comment to me and it like hurt. <laughs> and then I understood that later too with it when I heard about what was how things had been in your last marriage. It was to the effect that well, that really helps the rest of the family, like that type of thing. I don't know how it was said, but it was just like one of those moments where I was like- Something oh. that implied that- Like I was just doing it you weren't for myself. I wasn't contributing. And I was like, okay, it kind of helps the family because I'm a nicer person. <laughs> After a massage. I feel better when I had a massage. And I wasn't getting them regularly. It was like once every month or two, but anyways- <laughs> Do you remember so what was your thought process Matt and not you said you had it was just on your to-do list time. for a long time and you were just busy and didn't get around to it but was there more to it than that on oh, your absolutely. end absolutely I mean like if you pull apart that onion yeah right pull it apart for us like there was damage like for yeah. years and now I'm in the state of I have to make sure I have child support paid I have you know rent yeah. to pay. I have all of these responsibilities that I have to make sure that I have income to cover. And in my past experiences, like just to give you some perspective, like I had my first job making $15 an hour when I was 13 years old. I saved all of my money up and I had money constantly. And then I get married the first time and that money's done, gone. Just drained. And never had money again. And in then fact, just like in, in fact it's in debt. debt. It's like credit card debt. Then finding a more credit card debt and then finding more debt. And it's just that feeling you will never forget. It's and, horrible. And it was I mean like I I always remember like my grandma or somebody who'd been through the depression, like holding on to just the, the smallest things because oh, yeah. they don't want to have that feeling again, right? And that's what it is. It's just yeah. the feeling of I don't ever want to feel like I don't have any money and I owe everybody money. Yeah. Did you, I mean, were you aware of the fact that that was why you were not putting around your finances? Like, was that a conversation you had with yourself? And like, no. should I add or should I not? No, because I was such, I mean, I didn't have that conversation with myself because I was set in my way. I was, I knew exactly when money was coming in. 
I knew what bank account I was going to. I had full control. Mm-hmm. I had full control and was back on my feet, had no debt, nothing. And then you throw the responsibility of a wife and another child yeah. into the whole mix. And that, I mean, just thinking already, about it, like, makes me anxious. Yeah. I mean, we've already talked about the fact that, like, how hard it hit you as soon as you were married. Like, oh, my gosh, yeah. here we are. Honeymoon is over. Time for reality. <laughs> time for bills. Time for responsibility. Time for dependence. Time for financial stress. And more than anything, I wanted to make sure, sh- I wanted to be, I wanted to be, I wanted to have success. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever want to be a failure again. And any time that I had felt like I was a failure was due to the fact that I didn't have any money or I wasn't able to support anybody. And so like, I just wanted to succeed. And I knew if I had control of it, I could succeed. At least that's what I thought in my mind, right? But anyways. I was always so confused about that whole scenario and it wasn't my business. And Jessica, you're all teared up now. (laughs) <laughs> hearing hearing your husband talk about how he doesn't want to feel like a failure again is that it was just I mean I felt so much of this and took the brunt of so much of this and I'm just glad I never like we never gave up like we worked through it because I knew what I experienced those first couple of years of our marriage was not what either of us wanted right and there were these issues that you were struggling with. And of course, I had plenty of my own. (laughs) Like I leaned too much still on Steve. Like that was a big issue I know that I had to work through. But just, it breaks my heart, like knowing that that you were scared to put that trust in me. And, And not because, I know it wasn't because of me. Like I know it wasn't personal to me that you were scared to do that. It could have been any person you married. I remember about a month into our marriage. So it's probably like maybe three or four weeks after getting home from our honeymoon. Yeah. And I remember I went to my parents' house and I was so distraught because I wanted to give up. Yeah. I wanted to be done. And I had a, I was obvious. <laughs> a huge conversation with my parents said, is asking them like, what do I do? You wanted to give up on? On being married on having more responsibility, on having like feeling as though like I'm <laughs> I'm scratching so hard to have success and feeling like I don't know if I can do this. Like I don't know if this marriage between Jessica and I will actually work. And I don't remember every all of the details, but I had like bullet points of why it wasn't going to work, why it wasn't going to work. And by the end of the conversation, my mom <laughs> looks at me and she's like, you need to give this a chance. And it's like, that's not what I wanted to hear, mom. <laughs> like, like, how about a little sympathy, thanks, mom? Jan. Yeah. Thanks, Jan. <laughs> yeah. And just, yeah. Leaving that conversation pissed and still not knowing how I was going to get through that. And this well, is honestly how I felt like I could just feel this from you of this. I really genuinely felt that you did not feel like you needed me and like I did not contribute in my to mind, our family. In my mind, I had myself convinced that I didn't need anybody. You could do it on your own. 
You also seem, it seems like you had, from hearing what you said just now, that you were getting so far ahead of yourself and just sure yep. things were going to implode. It seems like you almost went to worst case scenario. I did go to worst case scenario. Like, there's no way it's... So, at this point... Like, you were ready to, like, self-destruct just... Just, like, self-fulfilling prophecy prophecy of, like, disappointment and failure. Right. I was... Yeah. I was setting myself up again to fail. Yeah. And that's what I felt. Like, just to give you, like, perspective, like, probably six months before Jessica and I got married, I had this goal. I moved into a house downtown. I was having success in business. I was having success in other aspects. Like I had my hands in a lot of things and I was having success with it. And it had been like a year and a half. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy myself a brand new Toyota Tacoma extended cab, straight cash. And I went to the dealership. This Again, this was six months before Jessica and I got married. And I had cash in hand. And I was getting ready to buy that. Like that's how I was set. I felt good enough that I could pay cash for a truck that I always wanted and still had money to spare. And obviously that didn't happen. I didn't, for some reason, I didn't follow through with it. It was too slow. What well, was too slow? <laughs> the truck? He just tried to buy a truck recently and he's like, you got to drive this. You got to drive this. That's so I drive another it. another episode. And it's, I'm like, what's wrong with this? And he's like, don't you feel how slow it is? And I'm like, you're used to your little BMW no, that's super zippy. Well, Cadillac. then he bought the Cadillac, the Cadillac after what that. What is it? Caddy what? He bought the Cadillac instead of the truck. Cadillac the truck that has like 600 slow, horsepower. Yeah. That's zero to 60 <laughs> in like negative seconds. Anyways, keep going. Anyways, so like that was... Matt likes his speed. Yeah. yeah. So that's where like my mindset was at. I was setting myself up and it was just myself. And to take care of my two kids at the time. But that's that's got to be a, I mean, that had to have been a good feeling for you, though, given your history with, specifically Absolutely. with cars, just in general. Yeah. You'd had a rough go with vehicles and a lot of debt, as you mentioned. So to get yourself to a point that you could pay cash for an incredibly expensive truck, that's impressive. I mean, I get why that would have been a big deal for you. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and then moving on, it's like, okay, I didn't pull the trigger on that, which was totally fine. It's just there was something that didn't feel right about it and obviously for reasons, right? Yeah. So anyways. So safe to say you came into this marriage with some baggage (laughs) (laughs) that very much affected the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's the case for any second marriage. Well, any marriage in general. And then the second marriage thing, I remember after we got married, just thinking oh, this is why so many second marriages fail. Like the divorce rate for a first marriage is super high. I think it's it's like way higher for a second marriage. So, and there's just so many aspects of it. So Jessica, at what point did you understand the reasons behind Matt's behavior oh, about finances? About finances? Probably not until a year and a half or so into our marriage. Well, I- after he fin- added me to his checking account. Because I know you and I had had conversations where we were both just so confused about why you had not been added to the finances. You didn't get it. I didn't get it. I was trying to stay out of it and not be like defensive for you or get emotional or get involved. It wasn't my business. But like none of us could understand the reason why. Yeah. I but never understood the reason why sense. until like two yeah. episodes, five episodes ago, whatever it was when you, I don't know, 
It was when the wedding episode yeah. for you two, Matt, when you talked about how hard it hit you. That's when I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like his baggage from his first marriage was the reason that that switch like flipped. And, and it but, was interesting because I brought some of these things up like this is coming from, I think, issues with your first marriage. I'm not this person, which you knew. I knew you got that. But um, I think you genuinely felt like you had dealt with issues from your first marriage and were done with it. And so I think like what you're saying is you had other reasons that you were telling yourself were why you didn't want yeah. to deal with it. Another another thing and aspect to think about in this specific scenario was this. I just finished dating yeah. a, a girl who was completely financially like, set. She was self-sufficient on her own. Yep. And she didn't, she didn't need that. Yeah. She didn't need a joint bank account or anything. Yeah. And so that was... Mind you, this was just weeks prior. (laughs) Weeks prior, yeah. Um, (laughs) At least months prior only. Two. (laughs) Two months. Two months prior, this was his girlfriend that was financially No, it was a lot. And it's like Steve said, we moved fast. And so then like when it was official, I know it was a lot to process. So advice for someone who is in, let's say a second marriage or a second relationship and is dealing with baggage either on their end or on their new partner's end. Like looking back, what advice do you have for someone who is trying to work through consequences of prior baggage that's affecting their current relationship? Be patient. Yeah. Like (laughs) (laughs) honestly, just be extremely patient. And I know you're going to ask yourself the question, when is enough enough? Like how long do I have to be freaking patient with this person? And nobody else can answer that question except yourself. Yeah. And I think be willing to have the hard conversations in that, like be willing to communicate those things. But Jessica, at this point, I wasn't willing to communicate. You what? I was not willing to communicate. I know. And so, but because that's really hard to do. Yes, be willing to have these hard conversations and communicate it, but that takes two to take. Why, Matt? Why weren't you willing? I don't know. No, what, I what know. Could... I know. The way you have described how your past spouse responded yeah. to you when you tried to have a conversation about yeah, something, it was a complete shutdown. It's how you responded to me. Correct. When we got married. So so I would bring something up in like a, hey, I'm feeling this way. I just want to be able to let you know. I don't, you know, like try to have this I'm conversation. I'm not attacking I'm you. I'm not attacking you. And instantly. Shut down. M- Matt would freak out and leave. Like literally leave. And I, sometimes you'd come home. Sometimes like, you'd come home in a couple hours. Sometimes you wouldn't come home for like 12 hours. Sometimes you wouldn't talk to me for three days. No. And so then the more this happened, the more scared I got to bring up anything, anything. that was wrong. That's like, I mean, that's trauma. Yeah. Yeah. He was you dealing with trauma. some intense trauma for sure. So what could have made the difference there? Matt, you had this false belief that Jessica was, couldn't be trusted with finances. And I don't know how to describe your false belief about her trying to have conversations with you and attacking you or something but and then jessica you had just a major lack of understanding about why he was behaving the way he was what could have made the difference here here's the thing like i consider myself a people person i consider myself to get along with basically any 
person. And the even, only person... Even your wife's ex? Hold on. <laughs> the, Listen. the only person that I couldn't connect with was my ex-wife. I could talk to anybody in the world and I still can and have decent conversations. And I couldn't ever do this with Anne and really have a connection and really have that communication. So I never learned that with a spouse. I never learned that. I never had the, that opportunity. Yes, did I see my parents do it occasionally? Yes. But being in that situation and in those shoes, I was never taught that. Or I, was ne I never you learned. You never experienced that. Learned that, yeah. And that's the other thing is you didn't experience having that support behind you to get you to your dreams. Right. You experienced kind of like getting dreams shut down and changed because... Yeah, because of what somebody else had. And you do compromise in that and you do figure out what works for you, but you didn't experience a support behind that. It's it's interesting to me the two extremes you two <laughs> came from. Yeah. Because yep. Jessica, you came into this relationship with your prior experience being we totally open <laughs> communication about everything, including like the hardest conversations. Dudes that your husband was attracted to. <laughs> And dirty thoughts he had about it. Like, you, this was stuff you I heard. Knew this was stuff we communicated about in a yeah. healthy way. Like, And I came from the again, complete opposite. Complete opposite. Where you couldn't, complete extreme yeah. where I didn't know half of the life that yeah. she, or more than half of the life she was living. Yeah. It's just and huge yeah. differences. Yep. Uh, so. Matt, jumping back to your work experience when you were 15, what was that job? 15 or 13? When you 13. said you had your. Oh, okay, you started 13. at 13. Oh, yeah, I started painting job? houses. Painting houses for my great uncle. <laughs> we talked about this, and he yeah. he drove, drove the Corona or the Corona truck. The Perfect. Corona, Corona we're, we're recording this on uh, Cinco de Mayo, and during the coronavirus. The Corona van. Yeah. What's the Corona van? <laughs> he was saying it was the paint truck. These two guy, two kids were driving around a yeah, so van that said Corona on it. Corona Cerveza. Oh. <laughs> but it was our paint truck. It was my cousin who was two years I've never older heard than me. This story. Really? I swear we talked about it on one of the episodes. At age thirteen, I was painting. With my cousin. I call him my cousin. He's actually my mom's cousin. But he was more of my Sounds age. Sounds like uncle cousin. <laughs> yeah. Inside joke. And uncle cousin. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we painted <laughs> the inside of houses. And the paint truck was a, an old beer truck <laughs> from Cerveza. Or from, sorry, from Corona Cerveza. Cerveza. Could you imagine and if these two... Teenage boys. Like, we were painting houses. Why didn't we paint over Matt's that? Matt's son's like, age. <laughs> Matt's son's age and a kid two years older than him yeah. that show up to paint your house. I'd been like, in a beer truck? No, no, no. You guys <laughs> no, these leave. Were, these were all, well, all the houses we were painting were um, oh, vacant right. houses. Good. That makes more sense. <laughs> there was no one there to kick him out. Yeah. Okay, so jump forward a couple of jobs. I have a point I'm trying to make. <laughs> okay. So my next job was landscaping. Next job after that? Uh, my next job was working for a company called Henneman Distribution International, HDI. Which is where he still works. Okay, that's the point I'm trying to get to. <laughs> <laughs> so he started working at his current job when he was 15. Yeah. That's the that's point what I wanted Steve's, to make. You talked yeah. about how you didn't want to ever be feel like you were a failure again. Yeah. You wanted to set yourself up for financial success. Yeah. The job you had at what age? 15. 15? Is what company now? ShipZoom. It's a company you own. Right. Matt now owns the company that he started working at when he was 15. To yeah. me, that's super impressive. Yeah. And I, I obviously That blew had... my mind when I found that out. 
you know, because you own ShipZoom when I met you. Uh-huh. And to hear that you had started that job at 15, stuffing boxes. Yep. That blew picking, my mind. Picking, packing, shipping. Obviously, you know, a long time ago when the market crashed, like, I had other gigs that I was in. Not even, not even during the market crash, but I, I would, had my hand into credit card processing as well. I helped my ex-father-in-law build up a portion of, of a fire um, safety uh, and suppression company. Um, so He had other jobs along the way, but he definitely hasn't failed in building this business. Yeah, and I, and I worked at UPS, yeah. you know, part-time. When we were married, that's so, what you were doing. When we first got married, yeah. All right. This is the end of the episode. I said, all right. Jessica has declared it. She has declared with the word. <laughs> we didn't even talk about what we said we were going to talk about this episode, which is why Matt decided y'all aren't having kids. Oh, we'll have to start Let's talk that about on the that next, next time. episode. <laughs> okay. Isn't that what I said at the end of last episode? <laughs> yeah. All right. Have a good week, y'all. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Here at Husband-in-Law and The Bold Logic, we believe that there are six values that can really make your relationship amazing and take it to the next level. Those values are love, appreciation, acceptance, kindness, respect, and understanding. Today, I wanted to give you guys a challenge for appreciation. We want you guys to go and let somebody know that they are appreciated today. That can be as simple as sending a text, writing a letter, making a phone call. Maybe you pick up something special for them at the grocery store. Just something small to let them know that you're thinking about them and you appreciate what they're doing. We've encouraged you to do this before and we are going to extend this challenge again. Go do it today. A little appreciation goes a long way.